welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A. R-Y-S-E dot com. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Matcham, and here with me again tonight, Amadou So, Dan Kalinske. Dan, Amadou, what's up? It's going good, man. Day's going good. How are you, man? I'm terrific. It's it's a good day. A nice this is a Wednesday, a nice a nice Wednesday evening. Dan, how was your Wednesday? Very solid, gentlemen. Very solid. Very solid. Well, you know, we often talk about losses on this podcast. Not today. Today, we're talking about the Cavaliers win against the Spurs. The Cavs blew out the Spurs by 24 points, 125-101 to 101, uh, in San Antonio, a place where the Spurs have, have struggled weirdly this season. Um, really across the board, a terrific outing for this team. Uh, you know, the game was never really close. Obviously, a Darius Garland career night. We'll get into that. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein's best game as a Cav. And overall, just some really, a very, very, very promising performance from this team, uh, especially without, you know, Jared Allen and Larry Nance in the fold. Um, I think it would be silly to start with anybody other than Darius Garland in this game. Had a career-high 37 points. Finished... 14 with 22 from the field, went 5 for 10 from 3, ended up with 7 assists as well. Uh, you know, just did everything. I mean, got to the line twice, which for Darius Garland, like, getting to the line twice in a game is, you know, pretty good. Overall, I'm going to give the floor to you here, Amadou. What, what got into Darius in this game? Yeah, it was a fantastic game from Darius. Um, I feel like he was kind of that spark for when the Cavs started early um, during the start of the game. I just really like – he just looked extremely aggressive this game. And that's personally what I really want to see from him. There are times or have been times this season where he looks kind of timid, um, doesn't really want to take the shot that's there. He's been kind of hesitant on some plays and such. It didn't look like that um, during that game. You know, he was 
making some crazy three pointers, great layups, being aggressive, being assertive. That's that's really what I want to see from Darius right there. Yeah, took twenty two shots, ten threes. That that's that's what you want to see from him. And you know, I think once he got into that rhythm, he started you know getting confidence throughout the game to take some more difficult shots and, and kept hitting them. But yeah, just some some really crazy finishes around the rim too. Some really really difficult drives that he got to go. Um, overall, you know, continued on with the assist numbers. It's not like he was just looking you know for his own shot. Uh, he, he still played his game and you know still looked like a point guard out there making plays for others as well. Led the team in assists in this game, uh, which is becoming you know pretty much a usual thing for him. Dan, Darius, what happened? Well, I, I think, yeah, Amadou and and you hit it on there. Um, I just thought his approach was good uh, from the jump. Uh, really got it going in that second quarter, it seemed. Um, and, I mean, started out, I think, with nine straight points there. Um, but was I, I thought it was just good to see with love um, out there and kind of some stuff with Dean Wade. Um, them able to get him kind of more kind of like off movement stuff and was able to kind of counter that by um, attacking those harder closeouts after the fact and had some nice finishes. Um, but I think some of it also was just the, um, I guess, lack of ball pressure from San Antonio. I mean, not having uh, DeJounte in there yes. uh, definitely wasn't put them in a little bit of a bind. Um, and it, a little bit of it was they, they did look kind of gassed. I mean, they had, they just seemed to be kind of falling by the wayside here. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was odd. You know, I think that in a night where they did get Gorgie Jang for the first time and I thought Gorgie, you know, came in and, and played well, I believe. Let me look at his box score numbers. Yeah. He only hit the one three, but you know, came in and kind of made an immediate impact in that game. Um, yeah, I guess they're still working him in. He only played eight minutes in this game. You got to expect that he'll have a bigger role for that team moving forward. But, I mean, looking just across the board, obviously Darius, you know, playing terrific ball in this game. Uh, Colin Sexton, uh, I think, kind of found it a little bit more as the game went on. He struggled early on. Did end up with 22 points, uh, five assists, three rebounds as well. Um, Got to the line, you know, took eight foul shots, made seven of them. Uh, Was seven for 17 overall from the field. But again, you know, another aggressive night from him. Uh, obviously, you know, wasn't <laughs> the main guy down the stretch with Darius playing the way he was. But, Amadou, did you like what you saw from Colin Sexton in this game? I think it's been kind of a trend where it's, you know, not – I won't say exactly a trend, but he's still kind of working his way through through some recent struggles. Um, and, again, I think we kind of saw that whole process in this game of him just kind of working through, you know, whatever it is that's got him back right now. But I think as the game went on, we kind of started to see him break out of that slump. And it, do you think that this could be a sign of, of him kind of, you know, coming on himself? Yeah, I, you could definitely see him, you know, as the game progressed, kind of breaking out that slump. Um, a game like this, I mean, looking at the way that Colin Sexton, I mean, excuse me, Darius Garland played, you didn't have to rely on Sexton as much. Um, but um, that recent slump that he's been in, I, I think he'll be fine. Honestly, you know, he's a young guard. They, they go through that sometimes. I think I think he'll be okay, but... Yeah, I think this was actually a great game for him to try to break out of that slump just because Darius was able to play so well. You didn't have to rely on Sexton so much, so he was able to, you know, hit shots maybe without as much pressure as he's used to and stuff like that. I think in a game where you're you're leading, 
pretty much the entire time too as well. You're not, you know, down 12 trying to come back or it's not a, a, a rock tight game or not a rock tight. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but like not a really, really tight, you know, game. He has a little bit of room to make mistakes, a little bit of, you know, room to breathe, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, it, it allowed him an opportunity to just kind of work through some of his struggles and, and continue to try to find his shots. Um, Dan, are you are you at all worried about you know the kind of slump that Colin has been in as of late? Do you think he's starting to break out of it? Well, I think he's I think he's more than fine. Majority of the time, I mean, he's he's been struggling from deep, um, but that's just kind of the ebbs and flows of the season. Um, missed two games there. I can't remember what the injury was. Might have been. Um, it was like, tightness, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just, I guess some of it could just be kind of fatigue with the amount of kind of the way he plays and kind of having to get your feet set, um, that sort of thing. Cavs have also been kind of putting him um, in stuff off movement more. Um, I think they're trying to get him kind of some looks uh, in that way with Delhi in there. Um, so that, that could play into it as well. I, I like to see that, though. I think it's a promising development. We've seen that kind of sprinkle in more throughout the season. Um, I, I think it's honestly a good thing. And on the plus side, he's been getting to the line a ton. Um, and it's it's not like he's just completely forcing himself. It's been more so within the flow of things, I, I think. And, I mean, frankly, this guy's job is to score um, the basketball, first and foremost, and first, second, and third, quite frankly. Um, and on the other plus side, he's he's been really making an impact defensively. I think that's kind of lost in it a little bit. Um, I think his off ball feels definitely improving. Um, and I, I think when Nance is back, um, we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit here, but, um, I think that'll allow the Cavs to kind of use sex and uh, sprinkling in more ball pressure a little bit too. I think we, we talked more about it earlier in the season, but it, it can't be ignored. You know, the strides that, that both Darius and Colin have taken on defense this year. I mean, I, I, I Hesitate to call them both good defenders, although I do think that Colin has been very good as of late. But, you know, I mean, both of them are at the point where they are, you know, respectable at guarding their position. And, yeah, yes, Colin's job is to score the ball, like you said, first, second, and third. But, you know, being able to contribute in that way and just kind of, you know, finding other ways to impact the game as he's working through it is, is just as important. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm not concerned about, you know, the, the struggles that Colin has been going through. All of the talk about, you know, having to choose one of Darius or Colin, um, I think it just kind of goes with whoever's hot that week. Uh, this week it's Darius. I think he's just getting a little bit more talk for that reason. Um, but overall, nothing to be upset about from these two in this game. Uh, let's move on to Kevin Love, who played 26 minutes in this game again. Uh, had a nice little outing, you know, four freight from the field, shot efficiently. Ended up with nine points, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals as well. Uh, just kind of continues to be Kevin Love out there. I think that's the best way you can put it. Um, it makes shots when he gets the opportunity. Isn't really forcing things. And especially in a game like, again, like this where, you know, Darius was kind of going off. It was kind of giving the ball down the stretch. But, you know, Colin, or not Colin, but Kevin continues to, you know, be aggressive and looking for his own shot, especially early in the game. Well, not really forcing things, I think, and that's that's what you want to see. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll go to you on this one. Looking at just 
you know, the, these times when Larry Nance and, and Jared Allen have been out, do you like the kind of combination of Dean Wade and Kevin Love as the starting front court? Yeah, I'm okay with it. Um, I, I would assuming they can like hold to, up physically. I'll start with that. Yeah, no, that's no, it's fair. Um, I think it's interesting. I'll say that. Um, I think it allows the Cavs. I think from the kind of early on to kind of uh, force pace a little bit more because um, Wade Wade does again. We've touched on this ad nauseum. Um, has has been able to show um, that he can kind of space the floor um, for them, um, can kind of take advantage of slower guys on him to an extent. Um, And I I think just it's kind of just an interesting wrinkle to see. Uh, But I I would, frankly, like to see Isaiah Hardenstein starting games in these next few here Um, because, well, assuming Allen isn't in there or is kind of working his way back, um, obviously the fouling – is is the key issue there though, and I, I would assume that's that's why they're doing that. But it's it's just uh, I'll say intriguing. Well, we can get into Isaiah Hartenstein here a little bit. Someone who did play and didn't start this game, but did end up playing twenty seven minutes. Uh, did have another night with five fouls. Uh, it's something to get used to with him. But sixteen points, twelve rebounds, three assists. Uh, shot seven for eight from the field. The one missed shot he had was a three. I think that was late in the game even, so that that was like a right-at-the-end shot, right? That Isaiah Hardenstein three? I think it was. Uh, Hardenstein it was with a 9 one one triple. <laughs> I don't even know if it was a 9 one one triple. It yeah, was just honestly, I just wanted to say that. I don't know. I don't <laughs> anyway, the one shot he missed was a 9 one one triple, so... Great outing for my Isaiah Hartenstein uh, in this game. Again, you know, it's struggling to kind of not foul, I guess, is the best way I can put it. But Amadou, watching Isaiah Hartenstein play in this game, do you do you agree with with Dan here that you think Isaiah might be a better starting, a better fit in the starting lineup than Dean Wade right now? Um, before I answer the question, I do want to say that you know Isaiah is kind of making me eat my words up of saying that maybe he doesn't look like a long-term fit here. Um, he's definitely been playing like that. But just touching on what Dan said, I mean, I definitely get the idea of starting him, but I feel like if it's working off the bench for him, I don't see why, you know, you, you go away from that and look to start. Um, again, maybe you, you you don't want Kevin, obviously with the injuries that he's have, to be, you know, in the physical battles with opposing centers and stuff. And it would make sense in that aspect to go Harnstein, but We've seen guys like Darius Garland, you know, talk about how, at least for right now, you know, having Dean Wade and Kevin Love out there has been great for the offense, just adding that spacing. So I feel like for at least a now, until Jared Allen or Larry Nance comes back, I think that's the move that the Cavs continue to go with and allow Harnstein to continue to play well off the bench like he has been. I will say I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one, Amadou. Uh, I feel like... Isaiah gets into enough foul trouble off the bench as is. I think if you put him in that starting role, you're going to have a lot of nights where he has two fouls. And like we saw in the debut, uh, his his Cavs debut, where he has two fouls in that first minute. And then you're kind of in a little bit of trouble. I think teams, you know, to start the game, will kind of try to target him, uh, especially going up against, you know, the starting unit of the other team. 
obviously tougher competition for him. You know, he driving to the back. I just feel like they're going to target him and, and going up against second units kind of gives him a little bit more time to stay on the floor and obviously be a little bit more effective. That's true for, for any player, you know, going against a bench unit versus a starting five. But yeah, I think I don't expect Isaiah Hartenstein to continue shooting, you know, seven for seven from inside the arc every night, but you, you definitely have to be encouraged by what you've seen from him. Continues to, again, I'll just keep harping on, you know, the assist numbers aren't off the charts, but he did get three assists in this game uh, and just kind of continues to make the right reads, uh, you know, continues to rebound the ball well. Is just an intelligent basketball player who, you know, shown he clearly has a little bit of touch. Uh, the free throw form is a little bit wonky, and he did go two for three in this one. I think there are a couple adjustments that could be made there on just his jump shot overall. But again, it's still very, very young. Um, we'll see what the future of Isaiah Hartenstein looks like for this team. Just because, again, that player option does complicate things. But gotta love what you saw in this game. Uh, another guy who, you know, had a, a fantastic performance off the bench. Well, I wasn't fantastic, but a very good performance off the bench. Dorian Prince continues his little hot streak, his little recovery from the slump that he had. Uh, finished with 14.7 rebounds. Uh, two for six from three, three for nine from the field. Did get to the line and shot eight foul shots. Um, you know, had a couple of blocks, had a steal. Uh, just another overall active night from him. Um, I think, you know, we, we harped on, I think, continuing to just look more confident on that ankle than I think he had in the past. I think he still, in this game, was, you know, kind of getting to the rim a little bit more and obviously wasn't finishing at a high clip, but you just like to see that aggression and see him getting to the line. Um, I'll ask you this, Amadou. In a game where Tarian Prince plays well, I guess we'll just say, we won't say how well, but just in a game where he plays respectable and into where he earns, you know, maybe not 26 minutes like he did in this game, but, you know, 20, 20 to 24, we'll say, normally. Are you okay with Jetty Osmond being flat out out of the rotation? Right now? Because Jetty yeah. did not play in this game. Yeah, I definitely am okay with that. I do feel like, though, during this game, there were some points where I think Torian Prince just had some tunnel vision-ness to him. But besides that, like you said, he did play a really active game. But personally, I am okay with Jetty not playing just because Jetty has just been so... I don't think he's... He's, he's just been so disappointing this year. You know, he hasn't really earned that opportunity to really go out and take away from what Torian Prince is doing. And if Troy and Prince continues to play like this, where he's active on both sides, you know, getting to the free throw line, you know, hitting some of his shots and just, you know, continuing to rehab from that ankle injury, I, I don't see why Jetty won't continue to get more DMPs or just low minute games altogether. And Lamar Stevens didn't play a, a super big role in this game, only had eight and a half minutes. I thought played well in the eight and a half minutes that he did play. But when you have Tarian playing at the level that he is right now, Dan, and you have, you know, basically Lamar or Jetty to give the other kind of forward minutes to. Are you okay with Jetty being out of the rotation right now? Well, I would say with Jetty, I mean, but most of the season I would have still liked to have seen him in there uh, maybe 13, 14 minutes. But with Delhi back, um, that's kind of another creator for you uh, to take pressure off Garland. Um, and to some degree, Colin Sexton allows him to kind of um, 
kind of be freed up a little bit as a cutter. And um, also with love in there, that also helps your passing. Um, that, that, that's that been the most consistent part of Jetty's game to me, even while the, the splits maybe don't necessarily like completely illuminate it. Um, I think just the, I guess, lack of need in that way for kind of a tertiary uh, playmaker in that regard. Um, I, I'm okay with him uh, just sitting the pine um, at the moment. So, um, yeah, if it's been good to see with Prince um, seemingly kind of getting himself back and kind of having more of that, uh, getting to a sidestep stuff um, and just kind of being able to shot create and look for a shot a little bit more. I'm kind of okay with that with him. Um, if he's showing that he, he has more free range of motion and it seems like the last two games, that's kind of been the case for him. I was going to mention those kind of sidestep threes, you know, thinking specifically of the ones kind of where he's falling into the corner. Uh, that seems to be a shot that he's, he's found a little bit of success and rhythm with less of late. At this point, yeah, I think it's, it's he's a little bit. Saying? I was just gonna say he's got a little like the way he like his moves are. It's a little bit Jr. like in a way, like where he's he's gonna kind of be hot and cold. But that's not a bad comparison, especially like the outside shot selection. It's he's almost better. It seems like when it is kind of yeah, just in those situations where you can kind of get those favorable matchups and and kind of use his wingspan to create space a little bit. Hmm. What I was going to ask Dan was with with Tarian Prince now, and obviously it's been an up and down season for him this year. Obviously, starting out you know struggling in Brooklyn, coming to the Cavs and and playing great off the bat, uh, you know slowly cooling off until he kind of hits that injury point, and that really just completely disrupts any momentum that he had. Now we're seeing him kind of work back into it again, um, starting to develop that kind of you know shooting touch that he had to start this at least this tenure with the Cavs this year. Which Tarian Prince do you think is the real one? The one that we have seen with the Nets the past couple of years and that we've seen, you know, through stretches as he's kind of battling with these injuries that, you know, is just an inefficient, you know, kind of volume shooter? Or do you think that this guy who is making shots and who is aggressive getting to the line, which Tarian Prince do you expect to see the rest of the season? It's it's hard for me to say kind of definitively, but I think it just kind of depends on the matchups. Um, I, I think Delhi back will definitely help a guy like him because um, he's he's shown that he can hit some shots off movement. Um, when there's, I just think it's a it's asking a lot of him when he kind of is thrust into needing to play make more for other guys. I mean, it's I'm not going to say he's like a completely well rounded player, but he does have ball movement sense, but. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have guys that are kind of other tertiary shock creators. Um, it, it's it's almost like with Jetty, it's it's kind of it, he when he's thrust into that sort of role, it's it's harder on him to kind of balance the two. Um, and kind of the same way with I guess Damian Dotson to an extent. I think with um, but Dotson does have notably better vision than Prince, um, can hit those pocket passes kind of more consistently and kind of seems to work with bigs as a passer more. But Prince is kind of another guy that you can use in pick and roll um, as a shot creator. And I, I think with him, it's just like when he's been mostly healthy, he has played pretty well, I think. And defensively, he's 
I mean, he's not going to be great for you, but he has some some pliability. I guess you could say against threes and fours. He has enough size and versatility to where at least he yeah. can at least guard some bigger wings and you know make make the occasional play for you. Right, and I don't know. I just think with him, I think he'll be. I would say better than be more of what he was earlier on. Not not nearly that. Obviously, I mean he's not going to be playing his former team every game, but. I, I I like what I've seen from him is in terms of the promising development the last two games. I think he's getting himself right more, and I really do think uh, like the lack of need for that tertiary playmaking with him specifically um, it allows him to kind of hone into that sh- shot creator role more, which is better for him. I think that's a really good point, and I, I am with you as far as just you know thinking that I think. What we're seeing from him right now, I think, is definitely sustainable. And it, there's always a little bit of variability when you're taking, you know, some difficult threes the, the way that he has. And it's not like he you know, was spectacular in this game. He didn't shoot with the best efficiency marks. You know, I mean, that's kind of something that we've grown accustomed to at times with him. Are you kind of in the same boat, though, Amadou, as to where you, you think that, you know, this kind of production from Tarium Prince is something that we could see the rest of the season? Yeah, I definitely do think so. And exactly what Dan said, playing alongside a guy like Delhi will definitely help him. I feel like the times where we see, you know, Torian be, you know, kind of inconsistent or out of his element is, again, like Dan said, when he tries to, you know, make plays for others or tries to do too much. I feel like in a spot where he can be, you know, that tertiary shot creator, um, that off ball shooter, I think that's where, you know, he can excel at and yeah, I do believe that this play is sustainable if he, you know, continues to play alongside a guy like Matthew Delvadova or Darius Garland, even Colin Sexton at times. Talking about Matthew Delvadova real quick, had another game, another five assists um, in that about that 16 to 17 minute range uh, that he's been at. Uh, again, struggled to shoot the ball. This is really nothing to do with him. One for five from the field, 0 for three from three. To get to the line once and hit both his free throws. But I think, you know, we, we just talk about, you know, both the assist impact as far as creating open looks for other guys and just taking that facilitation, you know, duties out of the hands of, of some guys who might not be as well suited to take them on. Um, I don't think we have to go much deeper into, you know, what Matthew Delvadova brings. I think we've been talking about it enough as of late. But I do want to ask you one question. I'll start with Dan. What do we think Matthew Delvadova's three point percentage is at the end of the season? Um, well, it was, is it worse than last year? I'm gonna say, I'll say twenty eight point six. Twenty eight point six. I'm gonna do what? What is your guess here? That's extremely generous. I'm thinking it'll probably still hover around that 15 to 20% range. I was going to say about 15%. That was that was my my guess. If I okay, if we if we're going exact percentages, let's see. He well, went or was that about like 25% last year? He I was think. at 23. Okay, he's at 23. He's technically at 20 right now. I'm going to guess 15.4. I'll say I'll say seventeen percent. I feel like he'll start to to seventeen flat. Yeah, I'll say seventeen okay. flat. Okay, okay, <laughs> coming on yeah. a little bit. I like that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking it like the extremely low volume it'll be could work 
Okay. I guess yeah. a little bit better for him, I guess, is kind of what I'm sa- thinking, but it, it could also be the complete opposite. I, I'm just, I'm probably being too generous on that, but it's, yeah. I, I mean, I could, I could definitely see it being, you know, high 20s. Like you said, the, the, um, there's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. How many shots he takes is, of course, going to be something. If he takes, you know, five more shots, you never know in this season and then makes two of them. Yeah. He should be right there. So I, I think it'll just be he'll that. have like a few games where he is on randomly because I mean he's bound to at some point. But I is mean at, le- like, at least with at right, least can with you be Delhi, on when you're shooting from your hip? I don't yeah, know. It, it's it's hard to say. But the the only I guess saving grace for it is he is going to be completely wide open on every attempt. Like there is not going to be anybody within five feet of him. So I'm I'm thinking it there's bound to be some that go in. It's funny right now. The three-point shot is actually like helping Matthew Delvadova's overall field goal percentage on the season. <laughs> uh shooting shooting 20% from 3 uh from two-point range shooting 14% right now on the season. Again, like it's it's been three games, but we we know what Delhi is on the floor to do, and it is it is not to shoot. not always to not to put the ball in the basket himself. Not what Colin is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Darius is playing like that, yeah, we're good. Um, I, I did want to wrap it up with Isaac Okoro, who continues to play. I again, I think he's in probably the best stretch of basketball that he's had all season. Uh, he seems to kind of be getting over that really kind of long extended stretch of games where he really just seemed to be struggling. Um, you know, continued to defend well in this game. Uh, did a, I thought a very good job on DeMar DeRozan. There were a couple plays here and there where, you know, DeMar's, you know, a crafty player and he got him to bite on some some pump fakes. But overall, you know, I think he did as good of a job as you can do. Uh, four for six from the field, three for three from three included in that. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, finished with 11 points, three rebounds, uh, had an assist as well. Uh, did end up with four fouls, but again, you're, you, you can live with that, I think, at times. Um, I want to talk about just him moving forward this season, Amadou. You know, we were talking about you know Tarian and maybe him being kind of over that that slump that he had. I kind of have the same sense with with Isaac, and I still think he's going to have some inconsistent shooting nights, especially from three. But I think just playing, and I guess part of it does depend on you know what does the health of this team look like and what does this role look like in this offense. Because I think it's so, so, so obvious, you know, how much he benefits from having Kevin Love on the floor to space the floor and, you know, facilitate and find him on cuts. Uh, playing with a guy like Del Vadova, too, kind of does the same thing. Do you think that Isaac Coro kind of finishes, maybe not, again, on this level of shooting, but finishes the season on a high note, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I could definitely see him finishing the season on a high note. Um, I just really like his aggression, you know, these last couple several games um it's been great to see um last game against the spurs he had a, a nice step back three you know i just like to see him yeah add that to his 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 repertoire um but just continuing like you said playing alongside kevin love has been great for him just the spacing that's added kevin love with his vision has been to find him on cuts um open shots it's been great to see and i think as long as you know this team can stay healthy and he can continue to have this confidence right here i, I don't see a reason why he won't finish the season off strong 
Yeah, I was going to mention, you know, again, with the inconsistencies from outside, uh, the, the fact that Isaac Okoro has shown the ability to hit some of the more difficult shots that he's hit this season, uh, you know, this isn't the first instance of him kind of getting one of those shots where he's in the corner, pump fake, maybe a couple dribbles to the left, sidestep, step back, you know, into his into his shot and, and drill the three. Um, obviously, I think he'd still be best on catch-and-shoot attempts if you're just looking at, you know, percentages and efficiencies. But showing the at least the flashes of ability to do something like that, I think, is extremely encouraging for, you know, his, his overall, you know, future from, you know, shooting the ball from outside. I, I think that he continues to prove that he's he's going to end up being fine out there. Um, I think it's it's fair for a raw offensive rookie to struggle from out there. I think I, I think we're in a really, really, really good spot with Isaac Okoro right now. Would you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, I'd say it's it's been encouraging lately. Um, and it's, it's going to be some time before he's hit that usage is higher, um, we would still think. Um, and again, I, I still do continue though, um, to, to see there, there are other opportunities, um, got to get that mid range game, at least just a little bit, um, and, or a floater kind of a little bit further out, um, that, that could really, uh, do wonders for him. I, I would think, um, as a catch and shoot player, um, and finisher at the rim, because we've seen, especially when he gets a kind of, some ahead of steam secondary transition, kind of like those three and three situations um, where he can kind of use his explosiveness a little bit, um, sudden quickness to take advantage of guys um, at the rim, as we saw on Yaka Pertle. Um, that's kind of a positive out of that too. But um, just again, the volume has not been high. Um, it's been less than two and a half attempts a game, but in the past 10 games, he's hit 39% of his three. So that, that's a, that's a plus. I think it, it's a fair, you know, criticism and a fair and that's, you know, and that's thing the to point thing out. That people don't really understand. And they always look at just the raw numbers. Like this is a rookie that had not much time at all. Like between when he was drafted in the season to kind of get more acclimated league. with teammates. Yep. Yeah, exactly what Amadou said too. Like, you got to look at rookies like in these kind of batches of games of like 10 to 12 games, like how, if they're progressing and how well, like in that realm. And it, it's been encouraging in that way with him. Kind of circling back to the point on kind of adding that mid range pull up and floater game. I, I don't think that's something that we'll see at any point this season. No, I think not that's something season. that. I think that's something that an off-season of work can, you know, kind of start to introduce. And it may even take a couple seasons for him to really kind of feel comfortable of even, you know, regularly doing that in a game. Um, I think, I think you know, the, the play style that we've seen from Okoro is likely to stick the rest of the year. But I think there is reason to believe, you know, based on some of the the pull-ups that we've seen from outside the arc. Um, yeah, that's, that's a positive that, you know, sign. Yeah. I think that that should be able to definitely translate to inside the arc. So, I guess I, I think I, it's sorry. Just the one thing that is a little it is a little odd though is I don't know why. Like you got to start hitting some of your free throws though. Like that 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 Talking is a about little Isaac? bit yeah. Like there's it's, a, it's a little troubling. It is a little bit odd. Like when he gets those and one opportunities, it seems like they're, they're never actually converted. It is that is a little bit odd to me. But we'll see. What is he shooting from the line on the season? 
Uh, um, this I have it here. He's shooting stat. 68.3% from the line this year. Which, I mean, isn't terrible. I guess that, that was basically what it was in college, I, I, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And then, I mean, 70%, I guess, in the last 18 games, give or take. So I guess that's not – that's about what you'd expect. But that – it's I don't know. It's, it's been encouraging, though, and just the approach. And I, I guess it was, like, transcribed by Damrell basically saying that – Bickerstaff before the Miami game wanted Okoro to be more aggressive on the ball, so um, maybe just a little bit of a nudge to him I, I think could kind of get that out of him a little bit more. Yeah. Speaking on that uh, Miami game, by the way, Jimmy Butler, I'll just mention because we didn't mention it before, uh, you know, spoke out about Isaac Okoro and just the potential that he has as a player. Um, it's it's good to kind of see, especially from someone who, during the, tre- the pre-draft process, um, Jimmy Butler was kind of described as a high-end outcome for Isaac Okoro. So it's, it's nice to hear that praise from a guy like him about, you know, the potential of what Isaac could be. Um, just some other kind of, you know, notes from this game. Uh, obviously, Dylan Windler still missed with knee soreness. Um, he has been out. He, he kind of fell out of the rotation and has been out with that knee injury since. Uh, Jared Allen does continue to be out with a concussion. And Larry Nance... Um, I think it was it was Fedor that wrote an article, uh, basically saying that Larry Nance. I mean, we knew he was dealing with an illness. Uh, I believe in the article said that he had lost about twenty pounds over the span of a week, uh, which is kind of troubling. That means that, I mean he must have been throwing up a lot, um, which you feel bad for him. But uh, you know, it was it was. I think that the word he used was an undetermined illness. Uh, obviously, not COVID related. But he is on the mend, and he will not be joining the team for this coming road trip, but he should be back before long. An encouraging thing to hear there. Um, and also, it was kind of cool to see Kevin Love and uh, DeMar DeRozan after the game. Obviously, Kevin Love posted on Instagram just kind of a little piece about – or a, a, a picture with him and DeMar. Just that that kind of partnership and that fellowship and that friendship there is just – it's always cool to see when those two kind of meet up during a game, so – just nice to see you there. Guys, the Cavs are 18 and 32 right now, which is good for 12th in the Eastern Conference. The 10 seed Chicago Bulls are 21 and 28. The Cavaliers, as of right now, three and a half games out of a play in spot. Looking at the teams that are above the Cavs right now, uh, obviously in the, the playoff locks, you have Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Uh, Atlanta at the four seed, Charlotte at the five seed, Miami six, New York seven, Boston eight, Indiana nine, Chicago ten, and alongside the Cavaliers looking outside in the Toronto Raptors at 11. If the Cavaliers were to make a run and try and get into this play-in tournament, who do you guys see them kind of passing over, do you think? Because I personally... I still am I'm a little bit hesitant just because I think the Toronto Raptors are going to finish the season very, very strong. Um, I don't know that even with you know the subtraction of Norman Powell, I think getting Gary Trent Jr. in there and even Rodney Hood, who is a fine rotation guard, uh, I think that they're going to come alive in the second half and finish strong. I think that they'll make it in. Um, looking at you know the play-in teams, I, I don't really see who goes out. The only team that I really see as a clear candidate to drop would be the Charlotte Hornets, 
who have obviously lost Gordon Hayward, LaMelo, Malik Monk. You know, maybe you don't believe in the Bulls who are right there at 21 and 28. Uh, maybe they just don't mesh this season. But I'll start with you, Amadou. Who do you think in the – like, one, do you think the Cavaliers have, you know, a real shot at making a run at a play-in spot? And if so, who do you see being the team that drops out at this point? Um, If there were a team to drop out, honestly, I could see the Pacers being that team just because I know Sabonis is dealing with an injury. Um, I think he's actually out tonight in their game. Um, and they just have a lot of moving pieces. Like, they're implementing Karis LeVert back in. Um, obviously, we know TJ Warren is out for the rest of the year for them. Um, it's a lot of moving pieces for them. For the Bulls, obviously, they're still getting, you know, Vucevic acclimated to their new team and such like that. And like you said, the Raptors, um, I do believe that they'll finish strong too. Um, but even that, besides besides them, the Cavs still have to worry about the Wizards and the Magic. The Magic had a little run of their own after they had traded Vucevic. That's kind of calmed down now. The Wizards, I mean, you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. You know, those two can help you win nearly any game. So it's, it's a lot for the Cavs to, you know, think about right here. Do I believe that they'll be able to jump, let's say, the Bulls um, in a potential playing spot? I, I just, I'm just not too sure. Just because the Cavs, I mean, even the Bulls, you know, too, and the Raptors at some point, uh, even the Pacers have their inconsistencies, but the 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 Cavaliers, they're just a very, very young team. And, like, these teams that we see in front of them all have veteran leaders who, you know, play their role roles well. At that, all-star veterans, the Cavaliers, they have their vets too, but you never know what's going to happen with Kevin Love. Again, obviously, we have Jared Allen and Larry Nance injured too. It's just a lot of moving things for the Cavaliers, so I'm not too sure if they – if they really, really have a legitimate shot. I mean, obviously they do not, but I don't know if they're, they're really content for a playing spot. I think that's fair. Like, I, I think that the one team that is a fair bet to fall out uh, is the Charlotte Hornets, who are at the fifth seed right now. They have so, a winning yeah. record. But I, I, I do think that they're – I don't think they have enough to kind of to maintain, maintain that position. That, yeah. Um, you did mention the Wizards, who are right behind the Cavs at 17-32. and 32. The Cavs are 18-32. and 32. Um, another team that, you know, with those two guys could theoretically go on a run. I'm not so sure that they will. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, that, you know, the Pacers, something could go wrong there. Uh, like I said, you know, the, the Bulls, there's always a chance that they just don't really mesh this season and that goes sideways. I think that there is a real path for this team to get to the play in. Um, will it happen? Probably not, but <laughs> but yeah. with that being said, you know, I, I do think that there is – it's too it's too early to close the door. I'll say it that way. Um, with this stretch of games coming up, we're just going to have to see how they do. Uh, very, very, very winnable games. Uh, and, and the situation might be a little bit more real, you know, two weeks from now. Or we could be completely out of it two weeks from now. We'll just have to see. But, Dan, where are you kind of at in this conversation as far as where the Cavaliers are in relation to the rest of the East? Yeah, I'm kind of with Hamadou there. Um, well, I'm, I'm with you about the Hornets. I expect them to fall considerably just given the injuries, uh, luck they've had, um, or I should say lack thereof, really, in, in terms of staying healthy. Um, that That's one that really pops. Um, and But I, I just think the Bulls will find a way to get in there. Um it, I, I don't see it. I think Indy will probably still find a way to, at least to get in the play-in scenario. But I think the Wizards, I, I just think with 
Russ and I, I'm not a huge Russ fan, but um, him and Beal, I think are they're They can find a way, I think, to get one last push. And there's probably going to be teams littered throughout as they're typically this time of year. They're going to be sitting guys. Not I mean, maybe not sitting, but kind of having guys toward the playoff push, try to that find ways to get them healthier um, in that regard. And I just think there will be with Beal and Westbrook and like Bertans is always capable um, stuff like that. And uh, I think they're a team that could maybe find their way into a situation like that. The plan. Um, I, I just think they're given what I'm said about the Cavs youth right now. Um, I, I think in the grand scheme, it's good, but just in this immediate term, I, I don't, personally see them eventually getting there. Um, they, they could. I'm not saying they they won't um, outright, but you just look. I mean, they're currently three, three and a half games back of the 10, 10 spot that the Bulls have. Um, and the Bulls, I, I think they will figure it out eventually here. I mean, they, they have a lot of pieces, and um, getting a guy like Troy Brown Jr. could, could kind of help them as well um, off the bench. I just think with Kind of the veterans they have there, they'll they'll solidify it eventually here. Um, Fat Young in, in that uh, realm too, um, and then I'm I'm with you about the Raptors. I could see them maybe kind of moving up a little bit. Um, it's a possibility um, with Boston. I don't know exactly what's going on with them. Um, it's it seems kind of contingent on how Kemba is feeling um, game to game, how he's been. It's that seems to be kind of the barometer for them. Um, but yeah, I, I just, with the Cavs, I just think they're, they're just, a, it's just a little bit too early for that step to me. I think that's fair. I am kind of in agreement and with you also there, but. given the, the, the big guys, I mean, and Nance and Allen, you can't expect them to be fully themselves right away when they're, when they are back mm-hmm. either. Yeah. That's Especially fair too. They, they, yeah. They've been out long enough. And like you said, yeah, with, with Nance. Um, if the reports that he's lost 20 pounds are true, you know, he might really struggle well, when he comes it's back, also depending that, on if he does come it's back. It's also, pl- what also plays into that is that he has Crohn's, so that you would that think is that another, that's not yeah. going to help the digest, like him getting stuff down. Um, as our, one of our Cavs Twitter people, Michael Vila, or Mike, Mike Vila what is whatever his Twitter tag is, um, kind of pointed out, and, and that's, that's a good point as well. Yeah, um, so it, it will be interesting. It, it might be a little bit of time just, you know, trying to recover from that. Uh, even if he isn't t- technically sick anymore, he might just not be in playing shape. So, yeah, that's you know, and, and that would be, yeah, that would be, you know, a, a considerable loss if he's out, you know, long term for I mean, this I team. I mean, I would just again. think it would take two to three games for him to be really back. And quite frankly, in this kind of scenario, that those, that matters. Yeah, it definitely does. If you're looking to win games, you know, Having two games or three games or even four games, you know, where you're you're, you're trying to just kind of reintegrate him and things don't go well, uh, that that definitely you know is problematic. I think we're all kind of in agreement there as to you know where this team is at, uh, and like we said, we'll, we'll see where we're at in a couple weeks. Um, I think that at that point in time, it'll be you know much much clearer depending on how they play over this little stretch of time. They they, they I, I still believe that they're they very well could be in the race. I don't think it'll happen, but I think they could. And I guess I'll just leave it at that. 
Um, before we get out of here, I do want to just talk about... We've been kind of mentioning some free agent names. I just kind of want to continue with that. Uh, the Cavaliers are at 13 roster spots right now. They're going to have to sign at least one person here before too long. Uh, we'll, we'll see who that ends up being. It could be more of an unknown prospect route. It could be an established NBA player. Uh, we're going to focus on a couple established guys here today. Um, Justin Jackson is the first one that I want to talk about, who just got waived by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, not super surprised there. I mean, he's been meh for them this year, uh, shooting 30% from three. Uh, after shooting, you know, 29% from three last year, that is kind of problematic. Um, you know, it, it, there is some real cause for concern there as to what he could be as a shooter. But, you know, at the same time, is kind of a taller wing, if not a big one. Um, still relatively young at the age of 26. Would make some sense as a flyer and as another depth piece kind of in that forward rotation. Who can also, I think, play maybe a little bit of guard or maybe a little bit of four as well. Um, I'll start with you on this one, Amadou. Uh, do you think it would make any sense to bring in a guy like Justin Jackson for this team? Personally, I'm not too sure. Just because of the amount of wings that we already have on the roster, you know, we already have guys like young guys at that, like Dylan Wendler, of course, once he returns, he's going to need minutes. Roger Thomas and Lamar Stevens are guys that will need minutes too. Um, I don't see where he really fits in in that aspect. But that's just my personal opinion, especially considering he's yeah. already, what, 26, like you just said, right? He is 26, yeah. yes. So I think it'd be better to just focus on guys like Broderick Thomas and Lamar Stevens and Dylan Wendler rather than bringing another guy who's just going to take minutes from them as well. I think that that's a fair you know, assessment of it. Um, Dan, are you kind of in the same boat as far as bringing in a guy like Justin Jackson? Yeah, um, ditto to everything that Amadou said. Um, if, if well, I say when they bring in somebody, it should be frankly a third kind of five. Um, and as we've touched on a lot, um, to me, it should be Cabin Gailey. Cabin Gailey, let's do it. Come on, what are you waiting for, Cavs? But, um, yeah, anyway. I do want to talk about one five-man name as well, uh, and we had mentioned it earlier before we recorded. Um, again, like, I don't like the idea, but I also understand the idea at the same time. I don't. <laughs> you don't even understand it to start? Come nope. on, Dan. Give me a nope. little credit. No, I... Nope. No. No. Greg Monroe wants an NBA comeback. The Cavaliers need a third center. Instant offense off the bench, Dan. Why should the Cavaliers bring in Greg Monroe? YMCA Monroe um, <laughs> should be should really be playing at those right now. Like he, he should be hooping at lifetime at this point. <laughs> I mean, no, is, Come on. you you want to talk? You think people think Kevin Love's lateral quickness and or just speed is is not really there? Just just look at Greg Monroe. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he should be, I, quite I frankly, like he, should be, he should be coaching at this point. That's not a <laughs> knock on Greg Monroe. Um, really was a really good player at Georgetown, but just, I mean, ugh. I mean, I mean, he moves like a, moves like a brachiosaurus at this point. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins kind of moves like that. He just got a 10 day. Eh, I mean, at least he can. Playmake a little bit, at least has Spacing some semblance bit. of a spacer. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. Is in a, a 
like impossible to box out still. I like I can understand it a little bit. And he doesn't get offensive rebounds like Andre Drummond for the record. No. Um looking at Greg Monroe though, uh, I think the case for it is, and especially if they don't decide to go in the Kevin Gailey route for whatever reason, or another young big, I don't even know who off the top of my head I would choose other Costa than Kufus. Costa Kufus, and yeah. not exactly a prospect, but hey, another guy who wanted to make a comeback with the Cavs. Um, but Greg Monroe, I think the idea behind it, and again, I, I don't like it, but I can kind of see where it maybe would happen. I still don't think it will, but on a team that the offense does get a little stagnant sometimes, uh, I think you can put Greg Monroe in the game for like three minutes, get him a post up. Uh, I think he can probably. I mean, he can still he can still score in the post of nothing else, and I don't think you would need him to do it in any sort of real role outside of like seven minutes a game, just to kind of keep Isaiah Hartenstein out of foul trouble, especially if Jared Allen isn't going to be playing. Um, they the Pistons had him and Andre Drummond playing, starting and together, Josh, and and Josh jo- Smith and Josh Smith. Wow, wow. Did these guard like how did the guards like did they get any did they get any touches? I, I mean Monroe actually to his credit is it uh I think it was like uh Brandon Knight a little bit, but to his credit, I mean Monroe is a pretty good passer for big. I'm not gonna I I, I shouldn't gloss over that. But to me, at least, I mean, if you're gonna go out and sign Greg Monroe, well, let's just bring Jim Jones back. I mean <laughs> like, why why not? Like get him out just Tell him to take the headphones off and suit up. I mean, Greg Monroe defensively would be a disaster. There's no denying that. Um, But at the same time, I think, you know, having someone with a little bit more size, uh, especially if you're not going to play a team with guards that can kill you, if you can just play him against other bigger bigs, I think he would be able to at least hold his own again for stretches. I can understand the (laughs) idea of it. Um, Again, not that they should bring in Greg Monroe, but just the idea of a, a playable center like that, because especially with John Henson playable? seemingly possibly playable. <laughs> playable? Play, okay. Listen, playable? when I say playable, that's, that's, I mean, like, that's a stretch. I don't know about we're not playable. talking about, we're not talking about, you know, Maybe like rotation. Minutes. We're not talking about rotation minutes on a, like a contender. I'm saying someone who can at least like survive on the court for five minutes on a Cavs team where Isaiah Hartenstein is in foul trouble and you have no other options. I, I don't know if Greg Monroe could play for the G League Ignite. I, I, I'm i not sure. Oh, yes, he could. You Amir Johnson so? played for the yeah, G League Ignite. Let's call, call Brandon Ashley up. He can space the floor a little bit better. Okay, I, let's bring up Brandon Ashley. I would not be opposed to that. I guess my, my thought in general is just, and I'll go to you on this one, Amadou, be it Greg Monroe or someone else, um... Do you kind of would you understand the Cavaliers kind of going for a more veteran center as that you know kind of third okay. big spot? I could understand you know the Cavaliers yeah definitely going for a veteran center for the third base spot, but is Greg Monroe the veteran center that they look to add? <laughs> That's I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad I brought up this topic. This has yeah. been fun. Yeah, uh, but honestly, I just feel like the Cavs should definitely just. Just just continue the youth movement. Go out there and get Calvin Galley. Dan actually wrote, uh, wrote uh, a great article on why the Cavs should look to add him. But uh, as opposed to Greg Monroe, I'm t- I, I I don't 
Yeah, I think we should steer clear of that one. Definitely. Man. I guess. I guess we don't have to, to, to pursue Is the, Greg Oden the, making, the Greg Monroe. making a uh, comeback? I'd honestly be more down for Greg Oden than Greg Monroe. Not, we'll, not, we'll I mean, be it'd, be a better, it'd be a better story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he might be able to play more playable minutes, so. Anyway, sorry, I mean, sorry, Greg. Else? I, I, I <laughs> sorry, wish the Greg. best for you, but I, I as as the saying goes, um, how does it go? You can uh, play wherever you want, just don't play here. I'm, I'm going to go with that as the variation <laughs> of it. Like you can I'll go wherever you want, Greg but Monroe. you can't stay. You can go wherever you want, but I think you can't stay here or something. That's what I'm going with with him. I'll always appreciate the Greg Monroe hook shots. It's always. It's always a nice shot to watch fall. That's all I'll say. Especially Is after there anyone thir- else? 13 seconds of dribbling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll put it this way. I would rather watch Greg Monroe dribble for 13 seconds than Andre Drummond. I don't know. Drummond makes some pretty good gifts. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't the Cavs like to bring back like Tyler Zeller or something? If we're looking for veteran centers. Ah, <laughs> Tyler That's- Zeller. I don't know. Honestly, would you rather have Tyler Zeller or Greg Monroe? I don't even know. Like, Tyler Zeller at least played in the NBA last yeah, year in the has, bubble. Yeah, like, exactly. So that's that's why I maybe. I mean, I'd be for it. I don't know. I mean, he, he would get minimal. Tyler Zeller should have been a player in who? Like, he should have actually been in the movie Hoosiers. That's, that's about how, <laughs> I guess, out of touch in terms of today's league he, he is. Greg Monroe, Dan, told the ringer, I'm ready to come in, and whatever role is there for me, I'm ready to accept it. Well, get a clipboard. That then. is a man who has bought into yeah. his team. Get a clipboard. <laughs> I mean, that's a role. Hey, it, it's a role. I mean, you don't you know, have for a team. He doesn't you even know. have to wear, you don't even have to wear, like, proper attire anymore. I mean, it's not a big deal anymore. <laughs> With John Henson, which, by the way, John Henson back in the league with the Knicks on a 10-day. We'll see if that works out for him. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, the other kind of obvious like free agent big man name who had gone unsigned, signed with the Heat. Like Tyler Zeller, Greg Monroe, like, like Costa Kufis. Like what name is out there that is better for this team if they aren't going to go the Cobb Gailey route? You know, like is there a better like backup Sean center Baker. out there? Bring him back. Like – It'd be another thin center, and, like, do we really want to do that? But, like, it could make sense to bring back Thon. Like, I don't think that – they didn't cut him because they hated him. They cut yeah. him because they didn't have another roster mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. I don't know. Go young. Yeah, that's probably the way to do it. Um, let's just let's just bring in Fiondu Cabangeli and, and not have this discussion anymore. Um by the way, if while we're on the topic of former Cavs, uh, shout out to Tyler Cook. Uh, congrats to him. He just got a multi-year deal with the Pistons uh, after bouncing around for a little bit. So Tyler Cook wouldn't be the worst thing to have in the world right now. He's not really a five, but it's all right. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Dan, I need at least one more name after you. You came after me for this Greg Monroe proposition. you got to give me at least one other big man name. Chris that they should, that they should Give us Chris Mim back. <laughs> That's, okay. that's that's probably my next guess. 
<laughs> I think I think we're in too deep at this point. I think we can end it here. Uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amadou, as always, for coming on. Uh, thank you, everyone out there, for listening to us talk about Greg Monroe for however long that was. Um, we're probably never going to talk about him again, but if you ever want to listen to us talk about other things, you can subscribe, listen to future episodes, go listen to old episodes. Leave a rating, leave a review, helps the show out, and uh, we will see you next time. You're all five-star listeners. Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone. The NBA season is underway, and there is no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup, Each prep has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.